Awesome. Great to be here. Thanks, guys. Why don't you take a seat? Thanks, guys. Great um, worship and stuff. What a great environment on a Sunday evening in Dunedin. Who wouldn't want to be here? On a That's great. How many people in the middle of exams? Any? No? Just finished? Yeah. Uh, my, I've got a, my, our youngest daughter turns 21 tomorrow, and she's got an exam tomorrow night at Auckland Uni. That's a bit rough, eh? But um, good on you if you're persevering with exams. Hey, um, it's a real privilege to be here, and uh, if you're here this morning, I kind of did the stuff that's kind of more heart stuff, but uh, I want to take a bit of a risk tonight and do something kind of completely different that you normally wouldn't do in an environment like this, um, and it's kind of a bit more... Um, I don't know, it's a bit like a checklist, it's a bit of kind of teaching, training kind of stuff, but I, I really pray that um, there'd be a sense, uh, uh, as Justine said, that um, that you'd hear from God, and I actually have a bit of a sense like there'd be like an angel who comes and hands del- hand delivers you some orders from on high, like this is your assignment in the next season. And, and, and what I want to do is just kind of give a grid of kind of, uh, that by the way, this is all secondhand. I claim no originality on this. It's uh, so earlier in this year, I spoke at the C3 Pastors Conference. So C3 is a great move in the churches, and the kind of two IC guy internationally was there, a guy called Mark Kelsey, and he did this session that he that he called Levels and Gates, and it was kind of like people in church are at different kind of levels of their faith and their walk. And, and, and that there are different, therefore, different gates that, that they have to pass through to go to another level in God. And, and as he unpacked this, it was like, oh, my goodness, this helps me understand a whole lot of the key messages that keep coming through equippers. It's like, now I understand why I keep hearing this message, because that message targets people at this level and is calling them up to another level. Oh, and this message targets people at that level and is calling them up. And it's like, now I get some parts of the culture of, of equippers, and, and I understand what the why behind the what of these messages that I keep hearing. And so, and, and so I pray that tonight or, um, you might get a bit of a grid that help, maybe helps you understand why I keep hearing certain key messages over and over again if you've been to this church for a while. But even more importantly, what's the message for where you're at to take you to the next level in God? And, and what's the invitation that you're being kind of invited to? So to... Uh, Put it in a bit of context. So 2 Corinthians 3 talks about being transformed from glory to glory. I talked about this passage this morning. It talks about we with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory. So it's like, yeah, you're Christians, but it's like God wants to, God wants to transform your life to take you to another level. And then he wants to transform your life to take you to another level. And so it's like, I just think I've got the sus at one level. And then God challenges me to make an adjustment in another area of my life that takes me to another level. And so it's kind of, this is just a, I found it a really helpful grid to kind of go, oh, these are some of the key challenges that take me to another level in God. Uh, And so some of the, um, you know, that second thing down, yeah, when you think about the, the righteousness of who we're in Christ, we're justified because of Jesus' death on the cross. He's taking us through to the point where we're glorified. But in the middle, I'm in this process, these are all big words, sanctification, where I'm, I'm being transformed step by step, level by level, moment by moment. And it's kind of like, I need to know, God, 
where are you challenging me right now to grow? Where's the point that you're inviting me to step up to another level? And, and, and what is that? And the third bullet point down, he made the point, um, you know, the Bible talks about we're made in God's image and in his form. And kind of image is the DNA, but the, the form is the outward expression of that. And over time, the form changes and develops. You know, at one point, you're a tadpole, and then you're a frog. You're a caterpillar, and then you're a butterfly. Same DNA, same image, but the form looks different. And, and the form of your walking with Jesus will look different as he calls you up to other levels. And, and, and you need to understand, how is he shaping a form in your life right now around some issues? And again, I hope maybe it understands some of the challenges, some of the frustrations, some of what you feel God's been uh, speaking to you. Uh, and interesting, the next bullet point out, often in the Bible, those kind of shifts are represented by a change of name. You've been called Jacob, but uh, now I call you Israel. You've been called Abram, but now I call you Abraham. You've been called Sarah, now I call you Sarah. There's actually been a shift same person, same call, but something shifted. And, and your challenge now, it's like, Game, you've gone to another level in this game, and like the operating system, the challenges, the tasks have shifted. You're facing new challenges in your life, and you need to understand what are the new challenges? Why is God demanding certain things of me at this time? Uh, and um, I, think, I think this is going to work tonight, actually. I just have this feeling now. I was a bit unsure before, but I think it's going to work because I think you're going to get it. Um, and, and it. And it's like God allows you to graduate. It's like, like, you've learned the lessons of this thing. So now I'm inviting you to step up and start facing, learning some lessons of another level. And the challenges never change. The lessons, the fact that these lessons never change, but it's almost like they're different challenges. They're different lessons. And you need to read like, God, what? What are you dealing with in my life right now? And so he, um, you know, he said, God basically says, yes, you're ready. And so he just, he just developed this idea over his ministry of reading kind of seven different levels that people are at in church. And it's not magic. It's not come down from, it's just, he just came up with this idea. And I think it's really helpful. I found it really helpful. And I hope that you'll find it really helpful. And in context, you know, Paul says, hey, get a sober judgment of yourself. Like, really, where are you at in this thing? And what are the issues that you are struggling with and God's calling you to deal with? And like, yeah, I'm at this level. So I mean, he, uh, he teaches this at Bible colleges sometimes, and he always sets the students an assignment when he teaches this. Like, and they have to write an essay, like, number, part A, which level are you at? Part B, what is the gate that you are facing? What's the challenge that you've been invited to pass through? And so that's the question I want you, as I talk about this, like, where are you and what's the invitation that you're facing to go to another level? Is that okay? Now, unfortunately, we had to, got all these nice little um, animations and stuff, got, we had to copy them over to JPEG, so we lose all that. So let's start. So sorry, you can't read some of it, either, but if you had a pen and a paper, if you do seven different lines that represent different stages. And obviously right, I don't know if you can read that, right over the thing is just the people in the world who God loves but don't know him. Okay, that's not really rocket science, eh? So the first level in God is what he calls the level of the kingdom of God. And his point, uh, this is not really rocket science, but the gate to that is revelation. And it's significant because, he, as he says this, you have to be born into the kingdom. Um, you actually have to see Jesus. It's not that people don't 
care or they don't believe, they can't actually see it. Maybe you're here tonight and you're kind of hanging around these Christians, but you go, I don't actually get what they're into. People are there, hands raised, tears coming down there. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And who remembers there was a time you didn't see it. You actually didn't see what people were engaging with. You didn't feel it. It was like, I, it's not that I was anti. I just didn't see it. I didn't know. And, and he's like, and here's his beautiful little sentence. He said, leaders create the atmosphere for ministers to minister the glory of God so that people pass through that gate and they see it and they enter the kingdom. And it's like, that's why every equipment service, there'll be an appeal for people to respond to Jesus. It's an acknowledge there are people sitting here at the level of in the world uh, that God has made, and God wants them to pass through the gate of revelation into his kingdom. And it's like we never want to neglect that level, and we never want to... Forget that there are people sitting in our midst who we want to minister to because we want to see them pass through that gate into the kingdom of God. You know, and, and his point was you need a revelation. Second Corinthians 4 says this, The God of this age has blinded the eyes of people. They actually cannot see it. That's why, I talk, that's why it's so important that we create an environment of praise and worship where the presence of God comes. So for the first time, people go, what is going on in this place? Something is here. I don't understand it, but I feel touched. I feel moved. And we go, that's the kingdom of God. And it's like, oh, my goodness. The first level is an encounter where we see that there's a kingdom. And, and we enter into the kingdom. And it's like, if you're involved in any kind of leadership role, it's like create opportunities for people to get a revelation and enter the kingdom. If you're leading something, your primary role is to create an environment where people can have an encounter with God and enter the kingdom. I love that sentence. Leaders create the atmosphere for ministers to minister the glory of God. Um, so you're right with that? That's pretty simple, eh? So first level, the world. Sec second level, the kingdom. The gate through that is revelation. But the next level, he says, beyond kingdom is church. And the gate to that is commitment. Because it's like you can get a revelation of the kingdom... And, and there's so many people around like, yeah, I love, I, I love Jesus. But it's like there, there's, a, there's another level where they get the place of church. And, and the gateway to that's commitment. He talks about this. Uh, and and the he says, you're committed forever. Not to a church, but to the church. You know, and, and it's like... And, like, for me, I don't go to church because I necessarily like the music or like the speaking or like the people. I go to church because I get that church is the program of God to extend His kingdom and change our world. So it's like it's a non-negotiable because I'm committed to the Lord Jesus. I'm committed to His kingdom. And I get that between His resurrection and His second coming, His program is to plant churches and grow churches throughout the world. So I can't buy into Jesus and not buy into His church. So I'm committed to church forever. And I was thinking, mate, you know, you may go, how can you say forever? Well, I can't, but I can say I've been a Christian 40 years and I, I've always... I just get church as his program. It's not about whether I like it, I feel comfortable, I feel hurt. It's like get, like, it's like get with the program. I'm committed to church because I'm committed to Jesus and his kingdom. 
And it's like, there's a whole, there's a, there's a subtle deception that's like, oh, you know, no, I've been hurt or whatever. It's like, no, you can be a Christian, you know, you, you can be a Christian without going to church, you know, going, uh, going through the drive-thru at McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger, you know, it's not like turning up at church doesn't make you, yeah, I get all that, but here's the thing, it's the program of Jesus, you know, and, and so it helps me understand some of that stuff, you know, he has some great lines, like, in the kingdom you discover eternity, but in the house of God you discover your destiny. So, yeah, I've entered the kingdom, I'm right for eternity now, but God's got a program to transform our world that's based around the house of God. And when I find and I commit to that, I discover my destiny to be part of his transformation. And it's like, oh, there's our people robbed of their destiny because they haven't passed through this gate. He says, again, the kingdom is about me. The church is about banding together with others for the sake of others. Yeah, I've entered the kingdom by revelation. But now I'm committed to church to transform Dunedin, to transform New Zealand, to transform nation. That's why I'm committed to it. Come on, there's an anointing around that. Come on, we're committed to church, not because it's comfortable. We're committed to church because it's the program to change our world. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I, I entered the kingdom by revelation. But now I've understood, the, I've understood the program of the kingdom, and so I express that by commitment to church. Do you understand? And so, and so then I, that's where I understand, oh, some of these messages I keep hearing in Equippers, like one of the ones, this idea of being planted in the house of God. You know, this passage, Psalm 92, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree, they'll grow like a cedar of Lebanon, they'll planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish. They'll still bear fruit in old age and stay fresh and green. Man, I, hope, I still want to be bearing fruit in my old age and staying fresh and green. Well, I need to be planted in the house. And so that helps me understand what this language that I hear around the Oh, yeah, you've got to be planted in the house. Oh, yeah, you've got to be planted in the house. And it's like culture is only there when you hear it all over the place. And you go, oh, that's a message. So there's a message for people in the world that says, hey, get a revelation of Jesus and you can be born into the kingdom. But there's another message to people who've already got that that says, hey, you've got to be planted in the house. Come on, there's a purpose, there's a dream, there's a program to transform our world. And it's never going to happen if we're not part of that. You know, there's other verses, Proverbs 18.1, he who isolates himself seeks his own desires. There's this thing, oh yeah, it's real, real bad to be isolated, to be independent. No, you don't want to do that. You want to be planted in the house. You know, there's another verse that just came to me before. You know, I think it's Psalm. Oh, just let me have a look on my phone. I just um, Psalm, Psalm, Psalm. Here it comes. Psalm 68, verse six. God sets the lonely in families. I actually feel that's a word for some people here tonight. It's like, oh yeah, God. God's heart is always to plant you in a family where you'll flourish. God doesn't want you lonely. Oh, but oh, oh, but you don't have to be. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. No, no, that's fine. Yeah, you enter the kingdom, but the next level, you commit to family. You commit to being planted in the house. Why? Because there's a program to touch our nation, and it, and and it works through that. So it's like, oh man, you know, um, and and so you start to realize, oh, that's why I keep hearing the sound coming from the front and from people. Yeah, you've got to be planted in the house. You've got to be planted in the house. Yeah, um, Pastor Sam makes it a couple of, well, there's a story that I've heard other people say. It's like, 
I don't know if you've ever had a friend that you're really close to and then they fall in love and they get engaged and they get married and you don't really like their girlfriend, fiance, wife, husband, whatever. And it, it's real awkward, eh? Because it's like, man, I really like hanging out with you, but I don't really like your wife. You, you, you can't go there, eh? And, but people are like that with Jesus. Oh, Jesus, you're wonderful. I just don't like your bride. She's ugly. She hurts people. I don't like her. I want to hang out with you, but I don't want to hang out with your wife. It's like, you can't do that. And, but, that's, but Pastor Sam took that to the next level, because not only church, the bride of the Christ is called the body of Christ. It's like, you got a beautiful face. I just find your body a bit revolting. <laughs> Doesn't do anything for me, your body. So you can't do it, eh? You can't, you, like, you can't, but that's what so many people do, and it's like, no, 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 you need a revelation that the gate, yeah, you've been in the world, you get a revelation of this beautiful kingdom, but it's like, come on, there's a, there's a gate uh, to another level, it's, I'm committed to church, and from the outside, people are like, oh, you're just all into this, and it's been corporate, and blah, 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 no, no, it's, it's, a, it's a gateway that I've, I've got it, that God is into the business of planting families of faith to transform our world. And so again, that's why I'd expect around Equippers, there's always this message, hey, you can be born and we just want to give an opportunity. If, you, if you're not close to Jesus, you know, just we want to pray with you, raise your hand and we're going to pray. So you expect to hear that because it's an invitation from people at the world to step into the level of the kingdom. But you're also going to hear this message all around the place. Oh, yeah, you've got to be planted in the house. Oh, yeah, God sets the lonely in families. Oh, yeah, that he who isolates himself is lost. You know, that would be a bad thing to do. And so it's like, oh, now I get why that's a message that I'll keep hearing. Because it's for people at the level of the kingdom to step up to another level through commitment to church. I'm committed to this thing as part of the program of God. Okay, by the way, these steps get worse as you go on. So the next one, so the world into the kingdom through revelation, the kingdom into the church through commitment. He suggests the next level is servanthood, and the gateway is submission. Uh, I see, it starts getting ugly, okay? Um, and, and so he, he, he talks about this. You know, servanthood is the center of the kingdom of God. I don't know if you got that. Let me say that. Servanthood is the center of the kingdom. of It's the culture of the king. We, we worship a servant. Servanthood is the essence of the kingdom. You know, so everyone is called to this. And he says the gateway is submission, that we become submitted servants. And, and I love, again, he says this. You know, you build your church on number two. Yeah, we're committed to the church. But you build your teams on number three. Oh, yeah, we're called to serve. And again, I was a pastor for many years and struggled, and I realized, yeah, I, there wasn't the sound coming out of our ministry and in our church that called people, yeah, you're, you've been born into the kingdom, that's wonderful. Yeah, you're committed to church. It's like there's a next level. Come on, you're called to serve in the house of God. And again, it's like, help me under, oh, yeah, I keep hearing that message around equipers. Oh, yeah, I serve in kids. Oh, I serve in production. Oh, I serve in the worship team. Oh, I serve on the elders. But it's, it's the sound that you keep, you realize this is now embedded in culture. Yeah, you serve in the house. Yeah, I'm born into the kingdom by revelation. Yeah, I'm committed to church. 
But I've gone to another level because now I'm, I serve in the house of God. And it's like, oh, and again, culture is uh, a guy, Mark Verakis from Kingdom City, Malaysia. So he was saying, culture is about when the opposite strikes, kind of strikes you as out of place. So it's like, oh, you don't, you've been coming to this church, you don't serve anywhere? Oh, that's odd. How does that work? Because it's like, because servanthood is what you do in the kingdom. And it's like, oh, now, now I get it. Now it's in bed. And so from the outside, it's like, oh, this is controlling. And that. No, no, no. On the inside, no, no, this is a call for people to discover servanthood through submission. And, 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 but I love that he says it's never pretty, this step. Because you know what? Here's the thing. You get a revelation of the kingdom. You get committed to church. And it's like, I'm really excited about Quippers to need in here. Look, I'm a I'm a guitarist. I'm I'm really keen to be part of your music. And then and then um, Pastor Willie says, uh, actually, we don't actually want the heavy metal lead breaks anymore during worship time. And it, and this rage rises up like like how dare you control and suppress my ministry of heavy metal lead breaks during the worship time. And and that's why it's never because because here's the thing. Because often people are committed, we bypass the step and we go, oh, they're really committed, let's get them leading something. But they've never passed through the gate of submission where they serve in the house. And, and again, Pastor Sam Monk will often say, you know, servant, people will go, but it's my ministry. Yeah, but if it's servanthood, it's about what's needed, not what your ministry, because that's all about you still. And you can be committed because it's exciting for you. But the step of submission means I serve around what's needed, not what I want to do. And, and he goes, so it's never pretty. There's always a moment, a choice, like, will I get offended? Will I say, stuff you, stuff this church. They don't recognize the call on my life. I'm going to go somewhere where I'm appreciated. You know, and it's interesting running a Bible college because I've seen you know, I reinforce a bit with students around being committed to church, but generally they get that, and I'm just strengthening it. But as we often do a mid-year and end-of-year one-on-one interview with the students, and I can tell you that the most significant moment for students at Bible College is around this gate. Because Equippers, again, as a pastor from other churches, I can't believe what they, when I first came to Equippers, what they do. Like for Shout, everyone in Auckland buys their ticket so the students have to buy their ticket, then they have to buy their shirt to serve, and then some of them never get into a session. And, I, and there's, that went a bit quiet. Like you get that? They bought their ticket, they bought their T-shirt, and they never got into a session. And, and it, often when I talk to students, the defining moment of the year is this. It's like, I paid for my ticket for Shout, I bought the shirt, I'm stuck out in the parking lot directing traffic, and, and I just was getting so angry, and then suddenly it hit me, it's not about me. I'm here to serve something bigger. One of our students this year for Revo Tour was asked to be the drummer for LZ7. So I spent weeks practicing all the songs and getting excited. I'm going to be touring, touring around playing for them. And, and the week before it was start. Uh, I don't know, even know how this happened, but they came to him and said, oh, we don't actually need you as a drummer anymore, so we're going to change. Now, you're, just, you're going to hand out the brochures at schools. And again, the defining moment of his year was that moment when it, it's not about me on the stage. It's about serving something bigger than me. 
and he passed through the gate of submission into a place of genuine service. He'd passed through the gate of the revelation of the kingdom. He was committed to church, but now through this ugly gate of submission, he'd become someone who was concerned about serving something bigger with it. That's why you'll always hear the sound around equippers. Oh, where do you serve? Oh, it's all about serving. Oh, it's all about doing what's needed. Uh, and, it, and it's the opposite of the fallen human spirit. That's why this is so crucial, because pride and independence, I'm going to do it my way, and it's about me. And so it's always going to be ugly. You know, someone said, you can never crucify yourself physically. Someone else has to drive in the last nail. Oh, I'm so submissive. I choose to do this. I choose to do that. I choose to drive this. Finally, it's going to come down to someone forces you to do something you don't want to do, and you either rebel, get offended, or you die to yourself. And then you're a submitted servant. And so, oh, now I get why this is part of it. You know, because he says the essence of servant is dying to you. So step two, commitment is often about rising up. It's exciting. It's inspiring. Something rises up in you to take hold of something. But submission is about letting go and dying. So that's what I mean. You can be committed to church, but you haven't yet died to yourself to serve. You're committed to an exciting vision of what you could be part of. Again, Abraham was chosen when he let go of his son. Faith is grabbing hold of, trust is letting go. I don't understand. I thought you called, I thought we were going to do this, but God, I'll just do what I'm asked to do. I'm just, I'm just happy to serve. I thought I had this call. I thought you were going to do this. I'm just willing to serve. What do you want me to do? I told you it was ugly, eh? I told you it gets worse too. Um, and, and, you know, Jesus, that's why I said it's Jesus. Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. I'm not going to grasp after ministry. I'm not going to grasp after a calling. I'm just going to submit, and, and, and then he will position me in his timing for what he wants to do. But I'm here to serve. And so suddenly it doesn't sound like kind of controlling, weird, cultish stuff. It sounds like deeply Christian formed in the image of Jesus. I serve in kids. I serve at children's church. I serve in youth. I serve. The church is about serve. Yeah, the kingdom is about a revelation of Jesus. We're committed to church. But, hey, there's another level of the people who go, actually, I serve here. It's not about me. Remember I told you it gets worse? So you start with the world, revelation into the kingdom. How are we going for time? Uh, and then uh, commitment into the church, and then submission into servanthood. The next level for him beyond servanthood is ministry, that you've actually developed a ministry. And the gateway for that, he says, is discipline. It's like, oh, bother. Uh, and, and what he means is this. When you pour out from your spirit, you have to be filling up that well. It's like lots of people in church, oh, yeah, I'm going to serve. And they just get frazzled and tired and grumpy and burnt out. And it's like, it's great that you've got a revelation of the kingdom. And it's great that you're committed to church. And it's great you've got a heart to serve. But bottom line, have you got anything left to give? And if you're going to have something to give, you're going to have to put in place the discipline 
that puts stuff into you so that you can keep giving out. Some of you, so here, what's the, what's, the, what's the coded orders from HQ that's coming to you? For some of you, it's like the call to servanthood, but I bet there's people here that the, the, the ceiling on your life and your capacity right now is not that you don't lack a servant heart, but you haven't been disciplined enough to build in capacity and resource. And the invitation to you is to go to a next level, you're going to have to get some more discipline. It's not very nice, eh? Uh, you know, and, and it's like the discipline of prayer and the Word and what you talk about, you know, just spending years meditating on stuff. And, and, so, there's, and so again, help me understand everywhere around, equi- around equippers, it's like people get up to preach and they're like, oh, and my devotion this morning. Oh, and my devotion last week, uh, this morning, and my, I was reading the Bible 10 days ago, or, and the, I, I was hearing that, and it's like, there's this constant message, oh, in my devotion, in my devotion. It's like, it's, a, it's this part of the culture that people would be cultivating a well of connection with God. And so, oh, yeah, so there's a culture like, hey, if you don't know Jesus, if you just want to put up your hand, there's a culture of, hey, you need to be planted in the house. There's this culture of, hey, you need to serve. But there's this culture like, what do you mean you don't have devotions? Like, how are you going to have anything to give? How are you going to have anything fresh if you haven't heard from God? Well, of course you're tired and frazzled because you haven't been putting it into your life. And and there's a second level of discipline also down the bottom, consistency. Consistency. Another thing you'll often hear, uh, so uh, a month or so ago, um, or a couple of months now, Pastor Sam Monk came back from uh, speaking at this conference in England, so probably spoke on a Sunday, flies back, arrives, the flights arrive 6 a.m. Tuesday morning. He has an an e-group on Tuesday night. So he's like, "Uh, of course I don't sleep or cancel it. I stay up through the day and then I run my e-group and then I'll sleep. Because it's like, just be consistent. Like, how do you expect ministry to develop if you're not consistent? If you keep canceling things, if you keep sh- shifting, if you go, oh, it's not weird. Oh, no, we won't meet tonight. Oh, oh we won't have you. I'm a bit tired tonight. We won't. He's like, if you want to build ministry, you've got to have discipline that builds consistency. And he's like, you know, we say it's all about the one. And then people go, oh, oh I didn't hold e-group last night because there was only one person coming. He's like, but we say it's for the one. And it's like, oh, oh, bother. Like, I really want to go to another level, but, I, but actually what's holding me back is the lack of discipline. Just to keep fronting up. Stop making excuses for missing music practices. Stop making excuses for canceling your small groups. Stop making excuses. Just be consistent. And it's not a judgment. It's an invitation to go to another level. Where actually I now have a ministry where I'm blessing other people because they know that I'm trustworthy, that I'm reliable, and that I'm going to have something fresh for them out of discipline. Okay, you all right? So the world into the kingdom through revelation, into the church through commitment, into servanthood through submission, into ministry through discipline. He says the next level is leadership and the gateway is responsibility. I'm willing to take responsibility for this area. Do you get it? So, so I've got a revelation of the kingdom here. I'm inspired by the vision of church. I'm committed to it. I, I've, I've 
something's died inside of self that I, I just want to serve. I've built the discipline. But part of now my act of serving is I'm willing to carry the load of being responsible for this area. And, and again, he talks about responsibility for structure, strategy, and culture. It's like, no, no, I'll take, no, I don't like the, you know, and, and leadership now, it used to be all about vision, now it's all about culture. It's like, no, no, I don't like the culture of how our creative team's going. I don't like the cynicism. I don't like the slackness. Come on, come on, I take responsibility to set the culture. And, and I take responsibility for the structure and the strategy. You know, um, part of my job, I run Bible, Bible college uh, last year because just some changes and stuff. The whole marketing thing didn't really work, so we didn't get a lot of recruitment. So uh, my wife and I didn't have a Christmas holiday because I'm responsible to find a full class of students. So my summer was in recruitment. Now, that's only happened once. That's why this year now we're full in November because I want to have a summer holiday, but I'm responsible for the college. I'm responsible for the culture of the college. I'm responsible for the strategy. I'm responsible, and I take that as my privilege to serve. And so again, um, you know, the, and again, it's this. You take responsibility for the creation of the world in which ministry can happen. There's people coming through who have a heart of service, who are building discipline in their life, but I'm willing to just kind of create the total environment where they can thrive. And, 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 and it's primarily about money and people. And they said, basically, how much of a burden can you bear around money and people? I can't be bothered. There's such a pain in them. Whatever, all those people in Korea, I just can't be bothered anymore. Okay, well, you're not willing to take responsibility. So it's fine. You'll stay as a minister, but you won't step into leadership because leaders take responsibility. And, and here's the thing that you'll hear from Pastor Sam Monk say often, in the kingdom, responsibility is reward. And see, here's the thing. In the world, leadership is about status. In the kingdom, leadership is about I carry more weight. I carry a greater burden. Because I serve, and I'm willing to serve at a deeper level and carry more weight. And so, and, and, you know, and this is the context. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. So what's the reward? I'll put you in charge of many things. In the kingdom, responsibility is a reward. Great, I get to have more painful people to look after. I get to worry about the budget. I get to deal with the challenges of culture but I'm willing to take that responsibility. And so for, I wonder for some people here, it's like, you're ch- are you willing to take some responsibility? And go, yeah, I, I, I'm going to serve the church by taking responsibility for stuff and, and not just abdicating it for other people. You know, again, it's like servanthood and responsibility. It's like, it's not about whether it's my job. It's not about status. It's just I'm willing to serve. Um, you know, and again, it's annoying. it gets in you, this culture stuff. So you keep hearing, yeah, re- leadership is about responsibility. Leadership is about the willingness to serve. I was in Gisborne uh, last week preaching. I walked into the men's toilets, and there's a big mess in the urinal. And I was like, oh, and then I just hear, you know, Pastor Sam in the back of my mind. It's like, it's not about your job. You just do whatever it's saying. It's like, ah, oh, bother. So I have to go get some paper towels and clean up the urinal and go back. And it's like, that's what you do in the culture of the kingdom. You take responsibility for stuff and you serve and do the stuff. And you go, that's what it looks like. 
Just rushing on a bit. His next one beyond leadership is governance. Sorry, the formatting's got a bit weird. Uh, so leadership, governance is oversight, and he says the, two th- the gateway to that is two things, loyalty and authority. See, here's the thing. You need both. If you're only loyal, you're just a yes man or woman. But if you only have authority, you're a dangerous man or woman. So it's like, okay, I've entered the kingdom. I've, I've committed to the church. I've learned to serve. I've started to exercise a, a discipline that's got me in ministry. I'm now in leadership. You know what? There's a whole lot of people who are following me. It's like, do I take all that and be like an Absalom and take people's hearts away to do my own thing? Or do I stay loyal to something bigger than me? Because people's hearts by them will be with you. But do you steer their hearts to be loyal to Pastor Willie and Desiree and the bigger vision? And that's the temptation and that's the gateway. I'm loyal to something bigger. I'm now leading people, but I'm loyal to something bigger than me. And I carry some authority. You know, Luke 16 says, if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Part of the kingdom is I serve someone else's vision. My job at Equippers College is to make Pastor Sam and Kathy Monk look good. Is to talk them up, is to speak well of them, is to take as much responsibility for any burden around training off them and get people inspired to be part of the dream and vision for Equippers. And like, I better not dare start to try and steal people's hearts to myself. You know, it's interesting in the Bible, some of the key people, Joseph and Daniel, were two ICs. Incredible leaders who rose to the point of being the two IC of world emperors. But they were loyal to secular pagan leaders. And so, but they exercise governance out of a place of loyalty to the Pharaoh and to Nebuchadnezzar. You want to go to another level? It's a gateway of loyalty. And finally, the next one is the visionary leader. And he basically says the gateway there is that you can see something. You know, it's interesting. Genesis 13, the Lord said to Abraham after Lot had parted from, look around from where you are to the north and the south, to the east and the west, all the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring. It's like all the land that what you can see. It's like, can you see something out there? Well, then you're a vision. If you can't see anything, you're not the visionary leader. And I mean, this, this kind of applies in multiple levels. So just to finish up, it's like, oh, yeah, so can you... For me, this helps me understand different messages that I keep hearing. That basically is a call to different people at different levels in church, and it's an invitation for them to step up to another level. Uh, It's interesting. He basically says, in the minimum, you need a visionary leader with a bunch of servants who want to reach the world. But it's interesting. Jesus actually, you know, oh, that didn't work. Jesus If you look at Jesus as a visionary leader, he had Peter, James, and John as his three kind of core people around that, and he had the 12 as leaders. He had a group of 70 that he could set out in ministry. He had 120 in the upper room. It talks about him appearing to 500, and then he ministered to crowds as he reached out to the multitude. Jesus ministered to all of these levels. Maybe I can get the musicians back up. So um, it's not really like a normal Sunday night sermon, eh? But uh, it's coming to the end of the year. 
as you think about finishing well, as you think about next year, I hope this kind of helps you understand the key messages that you hear. And you're like, oh, that's why Pastor Willie keeps talking about serving. That's why Pastor Willie keeps talking about taking responsibility. That's why Pastor Willie keeps making appeals for people to respond to Jesus. That's why he keeps talking about being planted in the house. It's an invitation for people at different levels. Think about people in your groups, your friends. Where are they stuck? What's the invitation for them? But can I, can I ask you to stand? But bottom line, I mean, this is for all of us, eh? You can go away... It's a classic like marriage counseling. Oh, you know, read the marriage book and underline the bits that you want your wife to read or your husband. It's like, no, no, read it for you. So here's the thing. Listen to this for you. Like for you, where are you at? And what's the gate you're being invited to pass through? And so I, I invite you. Um, oh, yeah, you can flick that off. I invite you to just maybe close your eyes raise a hand or two just to engage with God and I actually believe that God wants to send an angel with kind of sealed orders for you that gives you the script for the next season of your life I just feel God saying that uh, he, that He's entrusted you with people, but he, He's going to build your capacity. Come on, where are you at? And what's He calling you to? Some of you know, yeah, I, I, He's calling me to... to um, maybe some of you, it's like, I need to be born again and start this thing. And there'll be an opportunity in a minute. But some of you are like, yeah, I actually need to commit to this thing. I've, I've been feeling lonely. Yeah, God wants to plant the lonely in families. He doesn't want you being lonely heading into summer. He doesn't want you lonely. Just commit. Let go of the independence. Let go of the isolation. Commit to being part of a family. And maybe you're like, I'm scared. I don't fucking trust people. Come on, you, you're safe here. Come on, you can commit. But I think there's definitely going to be people here who's like, yeah, man, I'm committed, but I'm learning to, I've got to learn to serve, that it's not about me. And, and something's got to die of that. I get angry, I get frustrated, I get annoyed with people. Jesus has just got a big smile going, yeah, I know, it's just time to die. So you'll serve. And there's definitely people here, God will be saying, hey, you've got a great heart of service, but you just need to, you need to dig some deeper wells so you've got something to give. That young person that you're going to bump into and you've got, to, you've got to be able to go, hey, I was just, God woke me up in the middle of last night and told me about you. I've got a word for you. I was just reading, I was having my devos last night and you came to mind and I believe this verse is for you. Some of you are like, man, I've got to get that in my life. There's an anointing around some people. Like, i just got to get some more discipline to build capacity in wells. And maybe there's some of you like, yeah, I've got to accept the burden, the weight of responsibility. This is my service. I'm the one who sits awake at night wondering how we're going to pay the budget for Scrooge. How are we going to, how are we going to fund children's ministry? How are we going to 
fill in the gaps in our creative team. God, I'm willing to carry that. Nicole, this is just a, a moment of enlargement too for you. Come on, God's enlarging you. Come on, He's putting more in your hands. You can, you can carry more. Come on, there's a, the reward. The reward in the kingdom is more responsibility because you've done so well. He's like, you're awesome. I'm just going to give you some more now. That's your reward. We're just going to worship in a minute. But, you know, this, this, is a, this is like a really holy place as we stand before God and we sense that quiet voice that Pastor Justine talked about. And it's an invitation. This is, here's your orders for the next season. This is what I'm asking you to do. Maybe no one knows how much you hate doing kids, but you know he's called you to be there and something's being formed in you as you do it. How much the, the leader of your team annoys you, but you're called just to smile and submit and have a good attitude. How you feel so frustrated. But God's with you. Again, I, I mean, I, we don't kind of have lots of appeals in Auckland, but it just, if you just know that, that there's, a, there's a transaction going on with God, there's a deal going down, there's an encounter going down that's maybe setting you up for the next season, then it'd be great just as we sing. You might want to, like we often talk about, this is an altar. This is a place where you come and you have a surrender moment with God. God, I'm sick of playing around at this other level. I'm bored there. I'm frustrated. I want to go to another level. And I, I can see now the challenge, the gate you're inviting me to go through. And if that's you, uh, Man, there's an anointing on you, Nicole, just the, that thing of picking up more responsibility. Sorry. <laughs> well, that's stepping into that leadership thing. But if that's you, I just, uh, I just invite you maybe to come and treat this as an altar. Maybe someone will come and pray with you. Maybe they won't. That's not the thing. You're just having a moment with God where you get the culture, you get the, le- the message of Equipper's culture. That's for where you're at. So as these guys sing, if you, just, if you just know that God's speaking to you around one of these things, you just come up the front and have an altar encounter with God as we worship. Thanks, guys.